The following is a statement of Janelle McCrossan, as taken by Detective Kevin Allen of the Alachua County Sheriff's Office. I'd like to ask you some questions about your daughter, Heather Ann McCrossan. Is that okay with you? That's fine. What did Heather first tell you about Andrella when they first got together? Oh, that he was a real nice guy and that he lived at his mom, mom and dad's house and it was beautiful and he treated her good. Like, you know, they always treat you good when you first get together. <laughs> and uh, do you know what each were doing for a living back then in 2006? Oh, I believe he was dealing drugs. Okay. Uh, what makes you say that? Just the way Heather would talk and say, well, my mom, we got to go. We got to go to Tampa or we got to go to Miami when, when they live in Gainesville. And she said, we have to drop something off. Well, you put two and two together, and I figured it out. Okay. Did um, Heather have any drug problem uh, around the time she connected with Andrello? Not that I know of. Did she eventually um, start uh, using and abusing cocaine? Yes. And tell me how you found out about that. Heather told me herself. And do you remember approximately when she told you she had a cocaine problem? Uh, I'll say, I don't know, probably six months. Six months after she, she uh, first what? met Andrella? Or it might have been sooner because she called me up and she'd say, Mom, you'd never guess what he did. And I'd say, what? He would leave some in the bathroom to test her. And she'd tell me, Mom, I don't want it. I'm trying not to do this. And I don't understand how Andrella would test her with that. She said he'll weigh it. And then when he come back home, he'd weigh it again. If some was gone, then she did some. Okay. And that's how she told you she had a cocaine problem? Yep. Um, can you tell me the first time you became aware of any domestic violence between Andrello and Heather? I'll say just a couple of months in their relationship. What did Heather tell you? That he smacked the heck out of her. And do you know if Heather was working um, during the time frame that Andrello was dealing drugs and they were boyfriend and girlfriend? Yes, she did. What she kind was of... a waitress. I know someone okay. um, along in this investigation said she was a waitress at um, like an adult uh, club called Cafe Risque. Does that ring a yeah. bell to you? Yes, that's it right there. Okay, so all right, so that is the place where she worked. It's a bar, restaurant, strip bar, but Heather was waitressing. Okay, so she wasn't a dancer there, she was a waitress. Yes. And is that where she uh, met her one of her good friends, uh, Heather Atkinson? I believe so. Okay. When Heather told you that she had been a victim of domestic violence from Andrello, what did you advise her? I told her to leave and come back home. Did she do that? No. How many times was she a victim of domestic violence before she finally came home? Oh, my God. I probably couldn't count them on my, both of my hands. How did you find yeah. out about each of these events? Heather calling me. 
did it appear to you from your conversations with Heather that the level of violence was escalating between her and Andrello? Yep. And I'd cry to her and tell her to come home. And what did Heather do? She'd say, Mom would be all right. And then, he, and then he, he would start taking her tips from her, go through her purse and take all of her money. So then she'd have to leave her tips in a locker at work so she could have money for herself. How and why did she eventually come home and get away from Andrella? I believe she was missing us and she just needed to get away from him until she had to go back to court. And do you remember approximately uh, what month and what year she finally left Andrello and came home? It was the month of August that she come home, but she was only here for two weeks and went right back down there for court for him. He was blowing up her phone every day saying, when you coming home, why are you up there? I need you here for court. And I, I definitely want to get to that in a minute. Um, Will you tell me um, in August of 2007, when Heather finally did come home, what did you observe about her? Um, she was very happy to see all of us, and I cried because when I seen her, she, she was beat up. How was she beat up? Two black and eyes, bruises all over her body, belt marks on her back, bald spots in her head where he pulled her hair. Um, bruises on her arms. It was horrible. What did Heather tell you happened between her and Andrello? That they, I can't remember exactly what they was fighting over. I, I believe it was money, if I remember right. And she said that he just kept hitting her and wouldn't stop. Do you know that, um, her eye socket was broken as a result of the last beating? No. You said both her eyes were completely black and blue when um, she got off the bus, correct? Yeah, yeah. Can you tell me now about the telephone conversations between Andrello and Heather after she came home in August of 2007? Um, she was yelling at him, saying, you know, I'm at my mom's and her boyfriend's house visiting you know, let me call you back, and I I couldn't hear what he was saying, but what I take is wasn't very good because she's like, Andrella, I'm fine, you know, it's just me and my mom and her boyfriend and my sister. What do you think Andrella wanted Heather to do um, during those telephone conversations? To come back home to go to court for him so he would be scot-free. Did Heather eventually take a bus back to Gainesville from Michigan. Yes, she did. On August, August, I believe it was August 16th or maybe the 15th, but she called me on the 17th and told me she was there. All right, and we'll get to that in a minute. During the period of time that she stayed in Michigan in 2007, who did she stay with? Um, she stayed with Brandy, her sister. Do you um, did you see Heather frequently during that two week period of time? Um, she spent a lot of time with her sisters, but she did come out and see me the the last week she was there. She come out to my house and see me a couple times and spent time with me. 
Was she making any physical improvements from her injuries, uh, did you observe? Yes. Yep, she was healing good. What did you tell her about going back to Florida to be with Andrello again? Not to go back because it's going to get worse. You were right about that, weren't you? Yeah. Did you make any requests of Heather uh, regarding a telephone call for when she arrived back in Gainesville, Florida? Yes, I did. What was that request? Um, She said, she called me and she's like, Mom, I'm at the bus station. Andrella's in the parking lot waiting for me. I said, well, you call me later on tonight or call me tomorrow morning and you have a good night. She said, okay, Mom, I love you. I said, I love you too, Heather. Did you ever hear from her again? No. So from your telephone conversation with Heather, in August of 2007, the last mm-hmm. person that you knew her to be with was Andrella Witcher. Is that correct? That's correct. Is there anything that you would like to add at this time? I just want you to find my daughter. And what if someone was responsible for her demise? What would you like to have happen to them? I don't want them to live no more. If she's not here, And they don't deserve to live. I'm going to slice your neck when I see you. Heather McCrossan's friend Heather told investigator Kevin Allen this was one of many threats that she had heard Andrela Witcher make over the phone directed at his former girlfriend. They had Nextel Connect, and I don't know if you guys remember what that was, but I do. Essentially, Nextel phone customers could speak person to person, almost like walkie-talkies over their phones. My family had them years ago, and it was a great feature during a hurricane that we had one year in Florida. But suffice to say that anyone within earshot can hear the conversation. It's basically just like talking on speakerphone. About a half a dozen people directly heard Andrea Witcher over the phone threatening Heather McCrossin while she was in Michigan. In Florida, both her friend Heather and her boyfriend Kevin heard those threats, and so did members of law enforcement when Andrelo called her while she was at the police station. Kevin says he heard many threats, including, I'm going to kill you. You can't get away. Bitch, I know where your family is. You know what I'm capable of. One of Heather's cousins remembered hearing his threatening voice say, You better bring your ass down here or I'll come there. She also heard him say, It's going to be worse for you this time. I know you brought the cops here. Kevin had heard Andrelo say this. Andrelo blamed Heather for his most recent charges, which, by the way, were not his first, nor would they be his last. Andrelo Witcher blaming anyone for his own criminal activity is akin to water blaming itself for being wet. Here's Kevin. Kevin, I'd like to ask you a couple of questions about Heather McCrossan, and uh, where you knew her from. And I understand that um, you had a girlfriend uh, who also had the first name of Heather. Is that correct? Yes, sir. Can you tell me about um, their relationship and then uh, your relationship with both Heathers? Well, they were good friends with one another. You know, Heather used to come over all the time to visit with her. And uh, I was dating Heather Atkinson at the time. And, I mean, I would socialize with Heather. Uh, across them too. 
I know this is going to be kind of difficult, a little confusing each time, so I, I think we'd better say the last names each time. Um, okay. Do you recall how Heather McCrossin and Heather Atkinson initially became friends? Uh, they worked at a restaurant, backyard barbecue together. Okay. And did they work at any other place subsequent to backyard barbecue? Uh, Cafe Risque. And what kind of work did they do there? Uh, they were dancers. Okay. And uh, you were kind of boyfriend, girlfriend with Heather Atkinson back then, correct? Yes, sir. Okay. Um, did there come a time when Heather McCrossin complained to of being a victim of domestic violence? Yes, sir. Can you tell me um, initially uh, what you heard and what you saw? Well, I've seen on several occasions when she came over, when her face was all swollen up and bruised. and I mean, I've seen times where her wrists were swollen up and elbows swollen, knees swollen, you know, black and blue. And, you know, her and Andrello just fighting and stuff. She would tell me that Andrello just beat her. Did you ever have a conversation with Heather McCrossin as to why she received such beatings from Andrello? Uh, she said it was over minor stuff, you know, stuff that she really didn't, you know, nothing to deserve a butt whooping over. You know, well, I guess nothing really deserves a butt whooping, but, you know, just she would, I don't know, just over dinner or whatever, you know, going somewhere over to his family's house or something like that, you know, if she didn't want to go. Did uh, your girlfriend, Heather Atkinson, ever attempt to advise Heather McCrossin to leave Andrello? Yes, sir, on several occasions. Tell me about that. Uh, well, well, every time that she came over, banged up, bruised up, and swollen, you know, she'd tell her, you know, you need to get away from that, and one day it's going to be bad, you know. You know, you're not going to get be able to get a chance to get away. You know, he's either going to kill you or something. And it, it seemed like every time that she'd come over, it'd be a little bit worse, too. On any of those occasions, did Heather Atkinson offer for Heather McCrossin to move in with you guys? Yes, sir. And did she, in fact, do that on at least one occasion? Uh, I think one or two occasions. How long did she typically stay with you guys? Uh, a few days, you know, a week, and she'd be back with them. Were you involved at all um, with her getting back to Michigan after uh, a very violent beating? I had uh, met my ex, Heather Atkinson up there at the Greyhound bus station, and we were, uh, I had a motorcycle at the time, and uh, I guess Heather Atkinson got on the back of the bike just to kind of sit on there with me, and uh, I guess Andrello seen it somehow, and uh, told her, that, you know, what was she doing on the back of the motorcycle with another guy and stuff like that, you know? And how do you know that? Because Heather McCrossin told us that he's seen us, and you know, in one of the houses that I guess that she was held up at, or that he kept her at, you know, it wasn't too far from the bus station, which she told us. Was this at or about the same time that Heather McCrossin went to Michigan by bus? Yes, sir. That's when we dropped her off. Can you tell me what Heather McCrossin told you about what happened to her for several days at a house near the Greyhound bus station? That she was tied up to a bed, and, you know, she was was beaten and everything, and the only time that he would untire is like whenever she, he was there, you know, to let her use the bathroom and stuff like that. But if he had to leave, he had to he tied her back up there to the bed. 
did Heather McCrossan ever explain to you why Andrello did this to her? No. no it was over no reason, I guess, you know. Just one of them tipper flares. Did you ever personally witness any conversations between Andrello and Heather McCrossan uh, via a Nextel Instant Connect? Yes, sir. Uh, on several occasions, uh, you know, I've heard him threaten to beat her butt and kill her and stuff like that on several occasions. Can you tell me the exact quotes as best as you can? I know what you're doing. When you do it, you ain't going to get away from me. When I find you, I'm going to hurt you and kill you. And you personally observed Andrello uh, saying these things? Well, I don't know if it was him on the other line, but she, you know, called him Andrello and everything, so. Had you ever met Andrello? I've seen him one time before. Oh, so you never actually had a conversation with him? No, sir. Okay. Were there, was there any follow-up to any of those threats that Andrello made towards Heather McCrossan? She received several butt weapons every time she went home. So. And you and Heather Atkinson actually took her to the bus stop when she went back to be with her family in Michigan. Is that correct? Yes, sir. And did there come an occasion sometime after Heather McCrossan went to Michigan when you and Heather Atkinson were supposed to pick her up at a bus stop? Yes, sir. We were supposed to pick her up. She had called us and told us that she was almost to the uh, the Lake City, or that she was just getting into Florida or coming into Florida, and that she would call us when we probably needed to leave the house and meet her there. And did she ever make that final phone call for you and Heather Atkinson to pick her up? No, sir. What did you and Heather Atkinson do uh, when you hadn't heard back from her in a while? Well, we figured that she probably went back to Andrella and uh, just waited for her phone call. Yeah, I think uh, I think Heather Atkinson might have called her family or called the sheriff's department or something. But did you ever hear from Heather McCrossin again? Uh, no, sir. Did Heather Atkinson talk to Heather McCrossin for extended periods of time while she was in Michigan? Yes, sir. She called us and let us know, you know, how she was doing, what her plans were, what was going on, and stuff like that. Talk about her her son up there and stuff like that. And did uh, Heather? Atkinson talked to Heather McCrossin while she was on the bus on her way from Michigan to Florida? Yes, sir. I think a couple different times. What do you assume happened to Heather McCrossin, Kevin? Well, pretty much what Andrew told her that was going to happen. I mean, I know the state was wanting her to testify against them in a case and stuff like that. So I imagine he probably met her at the bus stop and stopped her from doing it. I think he might have killed her. Andrela was manically calling Heather after she fled from Florida, demanding that she return to testify in the drug case that had resulted after police found drugs in his drawer when they joined Heather on that clothing assist. But the kicker is, Andrela was hot and ready to toss his own cousin right under the bus. Remember that Heather told her sister that Andrela wanted her to come back to Florida to go to court and lie and say that the drugs weren't his and pin them on his cousin. Inter said cousin, the guy that Andrelo and Heather lived with. Would you say this is the Columbia County Jail? Yeah. Are you looking at some criminal charges? Yeah. What kind of charges? 
um, sales of cocaine, possession of cocaine. Okay. Have you ever been arrested prior to this time being in the Columbia County Jail? Yeah. How many times? Maybe three or four. What kind of charges? Um, sales of cocaine, possession. Have you ever done any prison time? No. Uh, you are you have a bond here? Can you bond out if you wanted to? I got the VOP hole. That's the only thing keeping me from bonding out. Okay. Do you know why we're here today? Yeah. Okay. And to summarize, uh, I'm the lead investigator in the missing person case of Heather McCrossan. Robbie Shotwell is the lead detective in the missing person case of Camry Mitchell, which is up in uh, this county in Suwannee County. Uh, I know that uh, you were involved with Andrello because you're relatives. Uh, you were cousins uh, from our previous interview. You kind of were brought up together, you know, kind of by your grandmother. So what I'd like to do is kind of talk about a little bit, rehash what we talked about before when I came out to talk to you on October 30th and make this a permanent part of the record. Are you okay with that? Yeah. Have we promised you anything for talking to us today? No. Have we threatened you in any way? No. We treating you okay? Yeah. Okay. Uh, you told me that uh, you basically were raised at your grandmother's house. Is that true? Yeah. Is that the house over on County Road 242? Yeah. Tell me your relationship with Andrella Witcher. Uh, me and my first cousin. I didn't know him my whole life. Uh, did you socialize quite a bit with him? Yeah. Were you ever involved in any criminal activity with him? No. There, did there come an occasion where Andrello moved in with you at the family house on County Road 242? Yeah. Can you tell me approximately when this was? I think 07. Okay. And Heather McCrossin uh, disappeared in 2007, so that would be consistent. Um, how did you come to live with Andrello? How did that come about? Um, uh, he, I don't know, he moved down here, he, I don't know if he got out of prison and moved down here, or he, he did something, he moved, he ain't know where to go, so he moved in with me. Was there any financial arrangement for him living there? Um, for, just give me a couple hundred dollars every month, I'm gonna help me on the bill. And who lived there with you? Me, my brother, him, and Helen. When he moved into the house on County Road 242, is that when Heather moved in also? Yeah. Can you tell me what the sleeping arrangements were in that house? Well, it was a four-bedroom house. I slept in one room, my brother slept in another room, and him and Heather slept in the back room. And was there anyone else living in the house? No. What did it uh, appear the relationship was between Andrello and Heather? Um, it, was, it, it was a relationship. They stayed to themselves. How did they seem to get along? You no, know, regular relationship. They fought. They fought sometimes, loved each other sometimes. But... Did you ever hear them arguing? Yeah. Did you ever observe any of the physical assaults from Andrello to Heather? No, I never seen them. Either. Did you ever observe the aftermath or the effects of any physical assaults on Heather? Yeah, I've seen the bruises on them before. Please tell me about that. Well, the one, well, the one time when I seen that Dwayne house on the porch, I seen that she had a black eye. And you also mentioned bruises? 
Well, that's what I'm talking about. It was bruised and black around the eye. Okay. But how about when they were staying with you at the house on County Road 242? Um, I really really pay them that much attention. I work. So, what kind of work were you doing then? Building all houses. What kind of work did Andrello do then? I don't know. I don't think he worked. How about Heather? She worked at, um, I think, Cafe Riscale or something like that. You know what kind of work she did there? I think she was a waitress. Okay. Uh, earlier when I spoke to you on October 30th, uh, you were very forthright with me and you told me your personal observations, so I'd like to talk to you a little bit about that at this time. Um, you told me that Andrella was possessive. Can you explain that? Um, he wanted to know where she was and make sure she was, make sure he knew where she was all the time and stayed on top of her, you know. You said he was jealous. Yeah. What do you mean? Look, I, like any other man, jealous of his old lady. Don't want him to, you know, don't want him to. I, 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 not, I ain't gonna say really don't want her out of that side, but you know, just want to know where she is and, and make sure she ain't doing nothing wrong and call me when you get there and call me when you get ready to leave. And... You said he had a bad temper. Yeah. Tell me about that. I don't know, he just got a short fuse, he's easy to aggravate. He really easy to aggravate. He a little guy or a big guy? I mean, he's a big guy, he's six, seven. What's he weigh? Um, probably 250, 300 pounds. How big was Heather? Five, seven, five, eight, 110, 120 pounds. Pretty thin? Yeah. I'd like you to, um, Tell me in your own words uh, what happened the day the uh, police came to that house with Heather um, when Heather tried to get a bunch of her prop her own personal property and to move out to, to go home. Okay, um, on that day, um, I think we all sitting in the house. Who is uh, me and Drello? I don't know if my brother was there or not, I can't say for sure. I don't, I don't think he was. But I know me and Andrello were sitting in the house. We seen the police. Andrello ran out the back door. Do you uh, know why Andrello ran out the back door? No. Has he ever told you since why he ran out the back door? Mm. Hold on. I think he ran out the back door because he seen that girl, his, his old lady. He seen Heather in the other Heather truck. He seen, he seen Heather truck. And the police were behind it, so he figured they was coming, at least coming to say something to him or something. Okay. What happened next? Um, he ran out the back door. They knocked on the door. I answered the door. Um, they asked me could could they assist her in getting her things out the house. I told them yeah. Um, they come in. She pulled the drawer out and sold them drugs. So they put me in handcuffs and and and. Set me down in the living room. She get all the things, and then um, when she get all the things, I think like they, they um, took the handcuffs off of me eventually, and everybody left. What kind of things did she take from the house? Uh, her clothes, and uh, I know she tried to take my dog, but I know she took her clothes, and I think that was about it. Her, her thing, her belongings. 
Were you sitting in the living room the entire time, or did you accompany the police and Heather to Andrello and Heather's bedroom? Yeah, I went back there until they, um, well, she went in there, the time she went in the room, she pulled the drugs out. And they put me in handcuffs and took me in the living room right then. What were you told at that point? Um, they said I wasn't under arrest. They said um, they, they need to do some kind of investigation. They went down and they went to call the drug investigators out there. And they did their little investigation thing. Do you recall the conversation between Heather McCrossan and the law enforcement officers? Um, and I, what I really am asking, did you hear what Heather said to the police about whose drugs they were? Oh yeah, she said they were the drugs. Okay. Do you remember what kind of drugs there were? What kind of quantity or type? Uh, I know it was some some weed, and it might have been some cocaine, coke, but um, I ain't sure about the coke, but I know it was weed. So the police took the handcuffs off you eventually. Yeah. And you were free to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, what happened to Heather McCrossan? And I guess her friend was Heather Atkinson, the person that drove her over there that day. Where did they go? Um, that's the last time I seen them. Well, that's the last time I seen them before the last time I seen them. Right. What was your understanding where Heather McCrossan was going that day after she left? I, I thought she was going to go stay with the other Heather girl, but days later I heard that she had them went back to Michigan. And how did you hear that? I think Andrello told me. Okay. Uh, did Andrello come back later that day to the house on County Road 242? Yeah, he come back. And uh, did you have a conversation about what happened uh, with Heather McCross and Heather Atkinson, the police and the narcotics? Uh, he asked me what happened and I just told him, um, I told him about they put me in handcuffs. I told him that she went back there with, um, Looking and, and showed them where the drugs was. And shortly after that, Monty come over and told him to get out. She kicked him out. The same day? Yeah. How much time did she give Andrello to get his stuff out? Oh, he left right then. He ain't really, you know, he ain't having but some clothes. He just left there. All the, he really had but clothes in some bed, I believe. He left all there. How did he leave? And did he walk or ride a bike? No, nah, they had a, um, a Lincoln Town car, a 90 something Lincoln Town car. When you said they, who are you referring to? Him and Heather. Okay. Mm -hmm. But Heather had gone back to Michigan at that point, correct? That day I thought she was with the Heather girl that day. Okay. So when Andrella left with his personal property, uh, whose vehicle was he in? He was in their in personal vehicle. Okay. Uh, which was a Lincoln? Yeah. Did you have any more conversations over the next week or so with Andrello regarding Heather McCrossan? Um, a few days later, I talked to him. He told me that she was in Michigan, or she had them went back to Michigan. And that was uh, about three days later? Yeah, a few days after that. Um, you stayed in the house on County Road 242, correct? Mm-hmm. Did um, any law enforcement officials uh, come looking for Heather McCrossan after she went back to Michigan? Yeah, um, I'm say about about a month, about a month after 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 they left the house, he left, she left. I guess that wasn't that last no address. So they went to come, they went to coming back looking for her with court papers to go to court on. Um, Go to when they look coming up there, look for her with papers 
so she can go to court and not get testified on the umbrella. Uh, did Heather ever come back to the house on County Road 242? No. What did you tell the police when they came there? She was going to Michigan. I heard that she had moved back to Michigan. Okay. Um, so, to your knowledge, she was never served with a subpoena? No. Not that I know of. Did you uh, ever see Heather again after she went back to Michigan? Well, I seen her one more time, and it was like a couple weeks later, but I seen her on the porch. I rode up. I don't know if he was knocking on the door or if they were leaving out the house, but both of them was on the porch when I got there. And he um, he came to talk to me, and I was like, man, I don't want to be fucked up with this shit because um, you got that crazy bitch. She tried to steal my dog. She ain't right. I don't even know how you been fucked up with her. Just like that, and I, I left. And that was the last time I seen her. And that's when I seen that she had the black eye. That was the first time I ever seen some bruises on her. And then when she had the black eye, a real bad black eye. When you said um, they were there, who are you referring to? Um, Andrello and Heather. And did you see that day or was it just at the house? Just at the house. I didn't see him that day. And they were on the porch, correct? Mm -hmm. And when you had a conversation with Andrello that day, Heather was with him. Yeah. And that's when you observed a significant black eye. Mm -hmm. What was the conversation like? Um. Uh, let me see. I don't. I can't tell you exactly how it went, but I know. I um. I was asked him what the hell he was. What were you fucking with her for? She didn't try to fuck him up. And he was like, um. No, nah, ain't like that. She, she, um, she all right or some shit. He said, I really can't, I can't say the type word that was said between us. But I know we had a conversation about, about, about why she was like that down here from Michigan. But he, and he was like, she, she was all right. He trusted her. Do you know if Andrello knew that the sheriff's office was trying to serve Heather with papers to be a witness against him? Um, at that time, yes. I really don't think so. I don't know. I can't say the show, but I don't. I don't think so. You never had a conversation with Andrello about the sheriff's office trying to serve Heather with the witness subpoenas. Um, no, cause he hadn't got locked up when all that when all the the witness statement and all that was going on. I think he was locked up, didn't he? Do you know what he was arrested for at that time? I can't recall. Okay. Did you ever see Heather McCrossin again? Mm, no, I see no more of that. Do you know if Andrello and Heather were living with at that time? I can't say for sure. No, I don't know for sure. Did you ever have a conversation with or Andrello about Andrello's living arrangements after Heather came back from Michigan? Um, I don't know if he was staying with the but I believe he, he might have been there and just in and out of motels or something like that. I don't really know. Okay. I mean, you, if, like, if we signed you out of the jail today, could you bring us directly to that house so we know uh, what the address was? Yeah. Okay. And uh, Special Agent Shotwell, you've heard the uh, description of that. You're fairly comfortable we could find that location? Absolutely. Great. Earlier, on October 30th when we spoke, um, you told me, Andrello's relationship with Heather, um, quote, he controlled her about everything. Could you elaborate on that? 
Yeah, he, 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 he controls everything. Like, you know, every in control of a relationship, you know, maybe whatever he's here with. Heather McCrossin's sisters, Brandy and Mindy, were the last people in Michigan to see her alive. They drove her to the bus stop. When investigator Kevin Allen asked Brandy if she knew where Heather had bought the bus ticket for when she returned to Florida, she said Gainesville. Heather told Brandy she was going back to live with Andrelo's mother. When Heather arrived at the Florida bus station, she was actually speaking with her mother, who heard these last words, Mom, Andrelo's here, I have to go. Kevin thought he was supposed to pick up Heather at the Greyhound station when she returned to Florida, but Heather called and told him she already had a ride. While on the phone, he could hear males talking in the background. Kevin said, You're not with him, are you? Heather didn't respond, and the call was ended. Kevin was the last person to speak with her, and Heather McCrossin has been missing since August 17, 2007. In January of 2016, Kevin Allen with the Alachua County Sheriff's Office traveled to the Walton Correctional Institution in Florida to speak with Andrelo Witcher. He was due to be released in a few months. Andrelo told the investigator that he didn't want to talk to him. Kevin Allen explained that he had driven four hours to speak with him about his girlfriend, Heather McCrossin, and her missing persons case. Andrelo's response, That is part of my life I put behind me. The investigator had a stack of reports with him, and he told Andrelo he wanted to show him what his investigation had revealed. Now, mind you, this whole time, Andrelo has been studying up on business courses and taking classes in air conditioning repair, going to church, and thinking he's getting out soon. I don't want to see any of that. I put all that behind me, he tells the investigator. I imagine it must have been chilling when Kevin Allen read Andrelo his Miranda warnings. Did you like Heather? the investigator asked. Yes, I liked her, but it's part of my life I'm through with. I don't have anything to say to you. The investigator tried again to show Andrelo the evidence that he'd collected, but Andrelo kept repeating that he didn't want to see it. Part of me wonders if Andrelo thought that evidence included a body. Once again, the investigator attempted to show Andrelo the evidence that he had brought with him. Andrelo's response was to say that he'd see it after the charges were filed. Whatever happens is God's will. I've made my peace with God. Then Kevin Allen directly confronted Andrelo. He told him that he believed he had murdered Heather McCrossin and disposed of her body. Andrelo said, That is not the truth. Then tell me the truth, Kevin Allen said. Andrelo's response was, I did tell the truth at Florida State Prison during a three-hour taped interview. I've got nothing else to say. Then he requested a lawyer, and the interview was terminated. The investigator noted in his report that their interview lasted 22 minutes and 46 seconds. But he was interested in that three-hour taped interview that Andrelo had just mentioned. He wanted to hear that. So Kevin Allen contacted Florida State Prison to determine if Andrelo Witcher was ever interviewed there. He learned that two detectives interviewed him in January of 2009, but they were barely there 15 minutes. When he reached out directly to the detectives, he was told, quote, It took us longer to sign in and walk to the interview room than the conversation with Witcher took. That was no three-hour interview. So the investigator had caught him in a bold-faced lie. But at least this is the 
thing, though. Okay, well, listen, 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 listen. Let me tell you something about them people. Them people use this what they use to get y'all to talk to them. It's nothing to say because nobody know anything anyway. Let me tell you why, because you don't know because you're not sitting here doing the time. Do you? I don't complain about nothing because I know that this is God's grace in my life. But do you know how I feel to be happening through five years for something I didn't do? You know, you, I'm sitting here doing five years. But indeed, people know I ain't do that crap. I would never talk to them people. You think I got trust for them? You know, I'm not going to talk. I ain't got nothing to say. I, 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 I mean, I refuse to talk to you. I want my lawyer. I don't got nothing to say to y'all. They want to come up here, let them come up here. You know what I'm saying? You know, so this is the thing. I talked to them people way down back when I was at FSP. I sat, them people sat down and talked to me for two hours. And I'm pretty sure you can go back to FSP and see that somebody got that on record. I'm not playing these games with y'all. Notice how in this story to his mom, that interview was two hours. But by the time he spoke to Kevin Allen, it was three hours. But if you need proof that he lied, you need only ask yourself one thing. If they talked for three hours, what did they talk about? If Andrelo genuinely answered questions of police for two or three hours, we would have a documented story about his interactions with either or both missing women. We have nothing. He never answered a single question about his interactions with Heather or Camry around the time they went missing. Not one. And this five years that he's talking about is for the burglary that he committed with two other individuals at Camry Mitchell's father's house. An incident that led to her going missing. You'll hear all about it in upcoming episodes. But the idea that he was sitting in prison for a crime that he didn't commit is ludicrous. A few months later, Kevin Allen traveled back to the Walton Correctional Institute to inform Andrelo that he was being charged with the death of Heather McCrossan. Andrelo's response? How? Well, Cass Castillo would later show him how in court, and he did so, masterfully, I might add, in a case with no DNA, no blood, no fingerprints, no murder weapon, no body, not even a crime scene. His case relied almost solely on witness statements of family and friends who had heard Andrelo, via cell phone, threaten to kill Heather. There was also his history of abuse, as well as the circumstantial evidence, and the fact that Andrelo was the last person known to be with Heather. There was also some pretty good lawyering thrown in there. I need you to look up one, find out one thing for me. Find out the statute of limitation on manslaughter. Because my attorney said that there is a statute of limitation. He told me, and if the statute of limitation, most statutes of limitation are seven years. Well, if that's the case with manslaughter, the statute of limitation, listen, I'm going to tell you something. I've seen a guy sitting here for a while in the statute of limitation on his crime had them passed. And yeah, I talked to my attorney when I started. We ran, we went over them. We we went over these. Even we went over these. these, these. He just like he said, man. He was like, I'm gonna be honest with you. I don't know how in the world did these people arrest you on this. 
he said, I'm going to just be honest with you. He said, I, I just, I, how in the world did they were able to get an arrest? But you know how I look at it? So I look at it as this is my Jordan that I got across. Okay, if it's possible, you, you, you can go ahead and start trying to get me them glasses up there. Put them on, um, get some, take them to and just get some regular clear lenses put in them. Because them real okay. glasses you can't wear, just clear, just make them clear. Mm-hmm. So you want, and then start looking for um some some looking for shirts, good, nice, some college shirts and some nice slacks. Uh, that's my attorney said. You know, if they try to go to trial, you got to be prepared. Because he said what they gonna try to do, man. Because he said he feel like they gonna try to use prejudice, play play on people prejudice. You know, a black dude, black dude, white girl, and try to play on people's emotions. When Heather's mother was on the stand. Cass Castillo asked about her last conversation with Heather. The defense immediately objected, hearsay. But Cass had prepared for this, citing that the principle of future intent was applicable. So, in layman's terms, the principle of future intent allows hearsay if those statements are relative only to the future intent of the utterer, in this case Heather, regarding her immediate plans, and that those statements, reasonably taken, are not incriminatory, like if Heather had said, he's about to kill me. Cass won that argument. The judge agreed that Heather's mom could tell the jury. Her daughter said on that final call, Mom, I'm at the bus station, and Drelo's in the parking lot waiting for me. In the end, it was enough to convince the jury. They deliberated for almost five hours and determined that the state had met their burden. The judge sentenced Andrea Lowitcher to 30 years in prison, 15 for manslaughter, 15 for his habitual offender status, which included crimes of burglary, lewd and lascivious battery on a minor, drug charges, as well as fleeing and eluding police. Chillingly, the Gainesville Sun reported that after sentencing Andrelo, the judge did note that he would, quote, most likely see the light of day again. And he hoped that during his time in prison, Andrelo could better himself. Personally, I don't have such high hopes for Andrelo Witcher. He has left a trail of battered and missing bodies in his wake and shown not an ounce of remorse for it. Heather's mom told reporters, quote, closure will come when we bring her home. The hardest part is not knowing where she's at and I won't ever give up. Six months after sentencing, Kevin Allen got word that an inmate at Florida State Prison wanted to speak to him. Both Cass Castillo and Kevin drove to the prison, and there an inmate told them he had been helping Andrelo with his appeal, and Andrelo told him, I'm going to win this appeal. I killed her and buried her deep in Gainesville. She'll never be found. I'm not sure that's going to go over really well at any future parole hearings. I told you about they, they told them to all kind of lies. But her, her sister, when I say told them, I got, oh, man, it's just, it's crazy. Only people that, only people that, that, that told the truth and, and, and tell them, turn well, wouldn't even, they couldn't even get to talk. And then we know um, but you know what, at the end, it don't even really matter, because 
God is already known for. And I'm, I'm going to be victorious throughout this situation in Christ Jesus. But you know, I can sit back and look at my life and see how this old ordeal has developed me, has drawn me closer to the Lord. I have become closer to the Lord. You know, and life has a way of repaying you the things that you did out Especially if you don't repent and, and get up under the grace of God. Well, the enemy has been using in my life since 2007. Effectively, effectively, since 2007. God has tried to separate me two or three times from her through prison beds and everything. And what happened? Those are familiar spirits. Okay, when I, when I got out of prison for Florida State, she called your phone. The enemy know what type of bond men you have. That the enemy uses his vessels very effectively. The enemy knows that, you know what I'm saying, how much influence, you know what I'm saying, that you have on my life with certain things. And that's what women do. They try to get attached to the mothers. Oh, she gives that this and that. And you keep telling her, oh, she'll, she'll go about her business. Yeah, she'll go back to a certain extent. When you, the enemy, just like my pal, my brother, my brother, elder brother, and Tim, the enemy would sit there and have that girl sit right there and continue to associate me until I get out of jail. He done did it two or three times. In the next episode, you're going to hear interviews that law enforcement did with some of Andrelo's family members. Stay tuned.